Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Perth Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Heart and Midlothian Football Club, still third in the Scottish Premiership through to the Scottish Cup quarterfinals, albeit by the skin of our teeth. And joining me, Adam Kennedy, well, we're actually three quarters of the way to 100 as well to discuss all about the men in maroon uh, is Mr. Daniel McIver. What's happening, my man? I'm doing... <laughs> I was about to say I'm doing well, but... <laughs> Outside of Hearts, I'm doing well. That's Newcastle, cool. three wins on the bounce. It was the Super Bowl at the weekend. I've had a couple of days off work, so that's all going great. Anything to do with Hearts is a different matter, but generally, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. Now you've got me wondering, when have Hearts and Newcastle ever performed in tandem? Like You said just a couple of weeks ago that that was the last time Excuse me, that they'd won in like a year and a half or something like that on the same weekend yeah and even yep. then was that the Talbot game yes it was <laughs> so <laughs> had, had we lost that then it would have never probably happened ever again yeah um, yeah do you know what I, I'm good I, I, I've got to be honest um, the second game that we'll discuss uh, my father attended and he he hasn't gone to a lot of Hearts games recently for whatever reason um, and he said to me that I'm wasting far too much money watching this shite. So if that's ever, you know, an introductory sentence, then I, I couldn't think of any better than that. Um, wasting money on absolute nonsense. But the things that we do for this football club and the things that we do for you lot with coming up with these episodes, sometimes they're fantastic forms of therapy. Other times it's a harsh reminder of what's just been. I think that'll probably be the latter for, for these two performances. Um, but... The first of which is the really, really, really bad game to discuss. Um, we're going to go around the ground. So on Wednesday, the 9th of February, there was an entire Premiership fixture card to be played. You love those midweek matches. Uh, and there was, of course, six in Scotland's top tier. The first of which took place at Pataudry, as Aberdeen were 2-0 down to Celtic early doors, got it back to 2 each but ultimately lost 3-2. Dundee United breezed past Motherwell 2-0 at Tannadice. Tony Watts going against his former club. Uh, Bagging his first United goal, I think that was probably the bet of the night. Was I on it? Of course I wasn't. Um, Rangers beat Hibs uh, at Ibrox again by the same scoreline, 2-zip. Ross County and Livingston played out a one-each draw in Dingwall. And my only correct score for who scored was in the Battle of the Saints, as I predicted St Mirren to beat St Johnston by two goals to one in Paisley. What did you make of the other five matches before we get on to discuss our stunning display against Dundee, Mr McIver? Uh, no much really, to be honest. I think they kind of all went the way I was expecting them to go, honestly, because we saw that stat that was birthed after this run of games uh, on last Wednesday night that out of the last 17 games that Aberdeen, Hibs and Motherwell have played they have won zilch absolutely zero of them and including of the, it's not like they had like 13 draws it was 6 defe- uh, six draws and 11 defeats it's it's, uh, it's it's a great time you'd be watching the quality of the Scottish top flight I it's don't just, know it's what just bonkers to, to me that like St Mirren and Ross County can realistically have their thoughts on like the top four I say yeah. I say top six, but top four genuinely is not a stretch. I think St Mirren are something like three points off it. I've not looked at the table coins. Well, well, this is the thing. We are recording on the fifteenth at are. quarter to eight. 
Aberdeen, no, not Aberdeen. Yeah, Aberdeen yeah, St. Mirren. Managerless Aberdeen hosts St. Johnston yeah. at Pataudry tonight. St. Johnston. So, if Aberdeen Win. lose, no, oh, if Aberdeen lose, there is a chance that if St. Mirren then win their next game, they will go to within seven points of us if we also lose our next game. Wow. It's um, all happening. <laughs> I mean, Aberdeen could move up to sixth with a win. Managerless Aberdeen, but we'll yeah. come to that later on. Uh, and St Johnston are now, of course, back on bottom spot. And the reason being is down to Hearts' defeat to Dundee at Tynecastle by two goals to one, having taken the lead against bottom of the table Dundee. Oh, how I can't wait to discuss this 90 minutes. What a thrilling match that was. Um... I think I, I sort of agree with you. I don't think anything was all that surprising. I think Celtic's record at Pataudry. Uh, can we stop within the media this myth that Aberdeen away is a tricky fixture for Celtic? I genuinely believe Aberdeen have the worst record of any Scottish team against Celtic ever. Probably, especially because in the last nine years they've played them a lot. Of, they've supposedly like been the closest to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true, actually, because in, we've in Rangers us absence. Rangers and us Rangers and Hibs at least had at least a couple of years away from playing them. We only had one away. Rangers had four, and Hibs had three. Even then, so th- I think Rangers as a Championship side probably beat Celtic more recently than Aberdeen. I can tell you Aberdeen's <laughs> last win against Celtic. I was just about to ask that actually. I can't think of the last time Aberdeen beat Celtic, whether it be in the league or in a cup competition. We might be missing something massive, but I can't think of anything. But I genuinely, top of my head. I think, I think. Prior to the game, I'd seen that they'd won something like their last was it twenty five of twenty seven against them or something it's ridiculous something like, like that. that. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I'm not really all that surprised elsewhere. To be honest, I thought United might get held at home by Motherwell, obviously with the well occupying fourth for as long as they have. That's quite a good result for us, albeit Dundee United might pick up again. We don't really know. Uh, I don't, don't really so. care. Um, Rangers 2, Hibs nil. Hilarious that Rangers got an early pen and then from there, that was it. And Hibs um, were denied an absolute stone wall <laughs> penalty as well during but, that. But, I mean, talking of penalties being awarded, what about the St Mirren one against St Johnston? Did you see that? Yes, I did see oh that. Oh my goodness gracious me. How is that a spot kick? <laughs> Genuinely. The, the, if that costs St Johnston... They have every oh. right to be raging. Like yeah. these are because these are the types of clashes. Like say St Johnston get relegated by, I don't know, a point, and yeah. they could have picked up said point against St Mirren. Do you know what I mean? Like these. Yeah. Oh, it's been a week of mental penalty decisions as well because there's oh, been we'll some come in to the, that cup in the Scottish yeah. Cup. Oh, yeah, dear, dear <laughs> me. it's crazy. Um. But look, the cup's to come, and like I say, we're we're gonna dissect the Dundee defeat now. Um, there were three changes from the Hearts team that was battered five nil in governed by Rangers. Um, Andy Halliday, Peter Haring, and Ellis Sims replaced Alex Cochran, Cami Devlin, and Aaron McInef. So the Jambos lined up as follows: it was Craig Gordon in goal, back three of Stephen Kingsley, Toby Civic, and John Souter. Andy Halliday and Taylor Moore at left and right wing back, respectively. <laughs> Benny Beningame and Peter Haring were the duo in the middle of the park, with Barry Mackay supporting Liam Boyce and Ellis Sims no! up front. It, 
No, they weren't. And this well, is the first problem. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about the team and what you thought about the team because obviously we were in the programme as well for the Dundee and Livingston matches talking about two up top, Sims and boys potentially connecting. Um, but like you say, it didn't really transpire that way, McIver, did it? No, it, it didn't, Adam. It didn't at all because <laughs> I was excited. I was like, oh, we're going two up top. And by two up top, we mean those two through the middle. And it's like, okay, this is going to be actually not bad. Defensively, it's pretty suspect. I was terrified about the wing backs. Because I'm like, that's not great. I was probably more terrified at Taylor Moore as a right wing back than Halliday on the left. Just because Halliday's played there before. And like I'd voiced my concerns last week, Taylor Moore is slower than a week in jail. Potential pace of that Dundee team. I mean, I know they're not the greatest. They're obviously occupying now 11th spot um, but I think Paul McMullen's not a bad Paul McMullen's fast as fuck yeah, like, so. they've definitely got pace to exploit us and obviously it, it transpired that way didn't it so but then so like even taking away all that you go right okay listen yeah might be a bit suspect at the back but we've got that two up top we're finally playing Sims and Boyce together like we did once against Motherwell and it fucking worked and apparently it's just been like Right, we're never doing that again, because that worked. So I'm going to do something different. If it works once, leave it. (laughs) Don't risk overdoing it. Yeah. So we actually played the usual 3-4-3 with Boyce out wide left. And this is what happened under Stendhal when in January Boyce was playing out wide left and people were going, Boyce is rubbish, he's not good enough. And everybody with a brain was going... Well, he's not playing in his correct position. He's a striker. He's a number nine. Why are we playing him as a winger? And apparently, we've just decided, oh, Ellis Sims is here, who is good. I really like Ellis Sims, immediately. I'm fully on board the Sims train. However, not at the expense of Boyce. If you don't play them both through the middle, you can only play one of them. I mean, square pegs and round holes. We've seen this for the best part of a decade. I thought we'd moved away from this nonsense. Does this not just sort of compound our logic last week when we said that we're not quite there yet and not the finished article yet. Yes, because we have no one good enough to play wide left. If Barry, no. I trust Barry Mackay in every position he occupies. Yeah. Right? Whenever Barry Mackay plays, I'm like, good, Barry Mackay's there and I trust him. This is the big takeaway for me because we'll come on to the Livingston game later on, but Andy Halliday starts on the left. Like... What is Ben Woodburn, Gary Mackay, Stephen, Josh Janelli all thinking when a left-back and central midfield player at times is occupying a spot in the team ahead of those three that I mentioned that all pretty much occupy a wide area? Does that not speak volumes about how Barry Mackay is head and shoulders above any of our other wide players? Well, we'll get to it. I don't actually think Howdy was playing wide left on Livingston. But that's purely because of a different thing that I have an issue with that we will get to later. That, However, your point that still 120 stands. 120 minutes was an absolute snooze fest. I, I was watching it like this. Yeah. Your point still stands, though, that we have played Cochrane at left wing at times. We have, at times, played Halliday left what wing. We've played McInef out wide, <laughs> right, or left. Oh. And yeah, it screams at those three in particular that you guys haven't been good enough and I'd rather play players out of position 
than you than any of you three numpties. That yeah. being said, were those three not the numpties that he brought off the bench in this game? Yeah. How can you bring three players off the bench and you look weaker than when you started? He did the FM tactic. I know we're kind of jumping ahead to the end, but the FM tactic of, oh my Chase God, I'm getting beat. As just many times as possible. Yeah, just <laughs> fuck the defence, fuck the system. Just get all the strikers and wingers in the pitch. One and ball playing we'll defender, score. lump it long, yeah. just stick it to somebody up in the box and hope that somebody's lurking. Yes. A one two seven. <laughs> Oh, I really didn't. Like Dundee, Dundee game started off though very well. Well, this is it because first half, I feel as though there was genuinely was one great. team in the game. It was, yeah. And my only frustration is, and I talked about it before in the derby, these inexperienced and backup goalkeepers is not really testing them early. I think mm-hmm. there was an instance within the first sort of five minutes where Andy Halliday gets a ball on the left hand side, crosses at the back stick looking for Sims. And Ian Lawler just drops the ball. And Liam Fontaine is behind him, basically protecting the, the ball as it's like trickling back towards goal. So then I'm thinking, this lot are bottom of the league, obviously, on the night. Let's get them under early doors. You know, defensively, they leak goals for fun. And it just seemed like we didn't really carve out that many decent chances. We carved out a few, but they all seem to be through... In this particular case, Benny Beningame and then Barry Mackay, really, as, as far as the highlights were concerned for me. So this is the thing, like, we were very dominant, and it's been the case in the last two games, including Liverpool, which we'll also get to speak about, where we've been totally dominant, but we're not doing a lot with it. However, in the first half of Dundee, I felt that we at least were trying. There was cases where, obviously, we'll get to the goal, but there was another chance where Barry Mackay... I don't think Barry McKay's ever going to score for us, right? He's now went 24 games out scoring. Right? I, I get the insane. impression he's not going to come because of a chance in this game. Yes, and we've got we create that chance, we have the goal, there's a couple others, and it's like, I'm fine with that. I'm fine in a half where you're totally dominant, you create a few chances, you don't necessarily take them all. If you then continue that into the second half Bag and one see the game out. Done. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was the thing. Because that was my exact thought heading into half-time. If we talk about the first half generally, I think the only really time I felt somewhat threatened was Charlie Adams sent in a corner, which, again, Liam Fontaine's like bicycle kicking back toward the box because it's gone so far. Comes out to Sean Byrne, who heads back in, but then Zach Rudden balloons one over the bar. And at that point, I was thinking, come on, Hearts. Like, surely it's only a matter of time before... We opened the scoring. I was right, rightfully feeling very optimistic ahead of the Dundee game. I thought, do you know what? The last two games haven't been great. We haven't scored in two league games against, albeit, Hibs and Rangers. Battered at Ibrox, but we should have enough to beat this mob. Um, and when Ellis Sims puts us 1-0 up, after 20 minutes, I'm expecting Hearts to grab a second as soon as kill the tie. Um, because... 18 minutes in, Barry McKay's the first to really test Lawler. Um, he and Benny Beningame were linking up, like I say, um, testing, but again, a, a decent save for, for a relatively inexperienced goalkeeper. Um, but John Suter eventually is the one that hooks clear. Barry McKay and Benny Beningame, lovely wee give and go. Um, and then my midfield magician slips in Ellis Sims, who is at an angle um, and slides 
past, dare I say, through the Dundee goalkeeper um, to give us that lead. What what did you make of the goal? Because it was right in front of me and absolutely dreadful goalkeeping. Yeah, I am. As it went in, I turned to my brother and was like, we need to keep just peppering him because clearly he's not confident at all. It would then be our luck that he'd like, apparently get it with his system with that and pulls out worldies for the rest of the game but shock in that moment i was like this is well done i think i don't think a lot of people are giving enough credit to sims for the finish yes listen the keeper is disgraceful but sims hits it at a good angle and he hits it with enough power that it causes the mistake to be made and it is a good finish despite it also being a bad goalkeeping error and i think sliding as well that chance is probably Mm -hmm. harder than than most folk will give him credit for. Yeah, um, absolutely. Albeit the finish isn't all that convincing, but listen, it does enough. And given the circumstance that we were in, like I say, with having not scored in two league games, I'll take that every single day of the week. Yeah. Um, but we had mentioned a chance that could change the entire complexion of the game. Ultimately, kill off the contest, like I love to say, every single week. Um Peter Haring goes long, successfully finds Barry Mackay, keeps his first touch close before his second one just looks to scoop up over Ian Lawler, who rushes out to meet him. Ryan Sweeney hooks off the line to keep the visitors in the contest. Deny, excuse me, Barry Mackay, his first heart's goal. It's just it's my biggest fear currently when watching Hearts McIver that he's just never gonna score. He's never for going to in football. He's club. never going to. And listen, I think he's been, I just saw actually was it today or yesterday that he actually won player of the month for the yesterday, last month. Yesterday, I think, yeah. Yeah. He's fully deserving of that. And he is easily our most creative player. But it is getting to be a problem now. He needs to have like twenty four games or whatever it is. That's bad. I know he's got seven assists in that time as well, and he should Our have most more assists. assists. This season by a country yeah. Mile. yeah, he should have more assists. He's actually joint second in the league for assists Is as he? well. Yeah, that. with like four other players. There's like him, Abada. I think there's another Celtic player. I think Jota's also I'm got ridiculous assists. Whilst, uh, whilst you, that's a great restart. But, but he needs to sort it out. In terms of goal scoring, because obviously, as I say there, he's got seven assists and he should have more because play, people who he's played in should be taking their chances. But because they aren't, and I know it's a bit harsh, but his stats aren't as good as they probably should be if players either A, actually convert in the chances that he's given them, and then A, however, primarily, he needs to be scoring himself. He's our only creative player. So if he doesn't score, we're knackered. This is it. I think these last two games have told me that we are so dependent on Barry Mackay that on these chances where he can do no more, or on, on I think he should that, just hit that on, first time. I don't on, think he should on, take it on these particular days where he carves out great chances for the strikers to miss. They don't take them. He can do no more. Then we're done yeah. as far as I'm concerned because we've not got anybody of that same ilk that can carve opportunities out of nothing. We've not got anybody that looks confident enough to take on a man and beat them and ultimately put it on a plate for our offensive players like he can. He's by yeah. far and away our most creative player 
and we don't have anybody of that same ilk, and that's a massive, massive worry. Because when he doesn't perform, you could argue we don't perform. Yeah, it's, it. I know that there's been an aspect of he's been getting brought off in games because I think he does kind of peter out of games. I don't know if it's just because... I'm, I'm not saying there that he's no fit or anything like that because I don't think that's a thing, but I don't know what it is. But just as games kind of go on, I feel like he has less and less influence. I don't know if it's just because he... Is so intense in the first 45 that he kind of keeps drilling away, but it means that if we don't get the lead in the first 45 slash don't cement the victory, as you say, it is very much like, oh, he's got to taper out and either he'll get replaced by somebody who's worse than him, or he'll stay on the park but physically won't be able to create as much as he's able to. And that can also affect his position. I think I, I think Robbie wants to play him centrally because then it means he can drift and it means he can kind of cover all areas. either side. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Because when he's on one side, it means all our creativity comes down that side and all the opposition has to do is put a man on. And that kind of comes to my general point. I think the system has been found out. And I guess in an ideal world, in this system, like you say, it might well have been found out, but the wing-backs would bomb on so that then he picks up the little pockets so that, I don't know, say Michael Smith or Nathaniel Atkinson or Stephen Kingsley, Alex Cochran, whoever... If yeah. they're crossing and you know, like loose balls round the box, he can pick the he can pick those up, slip through to either Boyce or Sims, alternatively receive from Beringame, Haring, Devlin, whoever's in there. Um but I I don't know. He has to play centrally, but then why Then we have but then it means all the width is reliant on the on wing the backs. backs. And yeah. if we don't have the in my opinion, if we don't have Smith and Cochrane as the wing backs, we're not gonna get any width out of any of the other ones. No, but then but then again, if we're playing a 3-4-3, Liam Boyce ain't a winger. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need a change-up of some sorts, I think. I, I, I don't know what the solution is, but we were talking about Barry Mackay. I've just had a look at the, the Scottish Premiership top scorers chart, and the BBC have obviously got the top assists um, in the little kind of tab next to it. So James Tavernier's out on his own with 11 assists and six yeah. goals in 24 games. Then you've got a plethora of players. There's one, two, three, four, five in total. Um, tied in second place on six assists. Leo Abada, Tom Rogic and Anthony Ralston, all of Celtic. Uh, Paul McMullen of Dundee, obviously our opponents in the game that we were discussing, and our very own Barry Mackay. I knew it was loads of Celtic six. folk. I couldn't yeah. remember who it was, but I knew so, it was loads of Celtic folk. You were right with Abada. Rogic and Ralston are the, the other two. Alfredo Morelos, coincidentally, is seventh on his own, tied with Jota, Jordan White and Ryan Kent. So there you go. Well, That's man. a bit bizarre. Um, yeah. But yeah, we Barry, by far and away our best player in an offensive sense. Yeah. Um, and that is the frustration that it's him and only him. <laughs> I don't know, I just think that elsewhere within the first half, Charlie Adam blazed one over the bar as they went in search of an equaliser. Um, and Paul McMullen sent one to Gordon's near post. Again, it would have done. It would have had to have been some strike to beat Gordon from firstly yeah. the range that he's at, and secondly at his near post. Um, Ellis Sims, there was a chance that he had following another Barry Mackay effort. Um, but this isn't the main talking point from this chance because Mackay and Beningame are again linking up. Um, little give and go yet again bizarrely um, and the former forces a save out of Ian Lawler uh, Sims then nods 
the rebound towards goal, which the keeper saves, um, and it then goes out from a corner. But the talking point for me isn't Barry Mackay's dancing feet, nor is it Sims's sitter. It's Charlie Adam being Charlie Adam, looking to do someone on the deck. What an absolute scumbag. And I can appreciate Charlie Adam had a phenomenal footballing career, but I'm not keen whatsoever on him considering recent allegations. Not going to go into that. But as far as I'm concerned, he is a total fandan. I mean... All we need to say in it really is that the last thing he's going to do in it as a professional footballer is captain his boyhood club to relegation. So, well in, Charlie. You st- you stood on someone's back. Well done. You're a real hard guy. Well, we're third and you're about to get relegated. So, well in. I've, I've, given that he was one of these that would claim that Dundee would mount a title challenge last season to us as well. Remember that? Remember yes. that? That was funny, really wasn't well it? For Charlie Adam. Remember when they got beat 6-2 and then came at greetings speaking about Rangers? That was really funny. What an absolute helmet. Um, but yeah, second How half. How is he not sent off for that, by the way? Uh, he, so so this is the thing. I can, As I say, I'm at the other end of the same stand to you, so I couldn't see what happened. I just saw Boyce in particular fucking lose his mind and try and fight try and so I was like what happened but my dad somehow saw it he was like he's Everybody just stamped on his back he's just yeah. stamped on his back and it's insane you watch the replay of it he just stamps on his back how is it nothing it's either like it's a, it should be a red but it's at least a booking I'm not even going to ask your thoughts on VAR because again that's another one for them um, that would get given <laughs> on the VR <sighs> but uh, yeah Charlie Adam and Dundee fans would get some joy within that second half because that was... What happened at half-time? What did Robbie say to them? Did Robbie go, that's it, by the way, lads? Just, we've won? You were talking about football manager earlier. He's obviously just space-barred by accident and just left in the second half. Yes, that is what's (laughs) happened! He's walked in and walked out again and they're all like, what's happened? It's like that Simpsons gif, isn't it, of Grandpa, where he like, yeah. walks into that room, just hangs his hat up, does that little circle. That is so what's happened, and they're all went, is this a mind game? Is it a Jedi mind trick? What's happened? And they've been too confused to the play their real point five. bamboozled, like, what yeah. is the gaffer on? The, um, that is so what it is, you've worked it out. <laughs> Fuck's because so that second half, we were dragged down to their level, and then some, weren't we? That was... Everybody became really shit. Really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Gen- genuinely, I was going to ask your thoughts. Like, what what happened? Because I don't have the foggiest. How can we be, or appear to be, so in control for 45 minutes and then it just all go to pot within an instant? It's, it's so baffling because, like, I know that... In the grand scheme of things, all that happened was our defence got turned twice. And we lose the game as a result. I know that that then, from a neutral perspective, for example, I have a Motherwell fan mate and an Aberdeen uh, fan mate. And they were like, well, yeah, listen, it's a bad result. You should be winning that and it's bad. But when you look at the game, you're in total control yet. And there's two moments because Dundee didn't show anything the rest of the time. And it's I get that. is a concentration, isn't it, really? Yeah. And, and I do get that. And times out of ten, we win that game. Exactly. If we play that another hundred times, we'd win every other time. That would be the one time we don't win. However, 
you still have to go, well, that's still shit. <laughs> like, regardless of it, yeah. it's still bad. <laughs> like, you can't just go, oh, well, we should have won it. It's like, yeah, but we've also won games this season that we shouldn't have won. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's the story of Heart and Midlothian Football Club. I just, I, just, I just don't understand what happened, genuinely. I know I've said no. that about four times, but I've never seen this season. I've never seen a Nielsen team do that. Where that it's like was they're in so quite in control. Yeah, so in control one half, and then just like come out and look like a different side. It looked like the championship side where it was like Popescu, Berra, Castanier, Freer. It looked like that came back out. And, and this is the thing, like. It sounds to me like you're going to be the more critical in this episode, which is bizarre given that you know I love to stick knife into hearts whenever I can. I, like, you can be annoyed at Robbie for certain matches, certain setups. You can't be annoyed at him here. This is solely on the no. players this done. I think there's one thing you could be annoyed at, maybe, but I think it was kind of out of necessity and that, that Taylor subs. Moore. T- well, two things, yeah. Taylor Moore is not a right wing back. No. Like, not at all. But he didn't have Smith or Atkinson. But so that'll be folks' counter, isn't it? In that if this was such a problem area, we've got Jamie Brandon out on loan, Cammy Logan out on loan. Surely we'd have been... You know, everybody talks about how... And Robbie himself mentions it, that he likes to trim the squad down, work with a small group. And it's only circumstances like this where it comes back to bite you, really. It is, though... Yeah, it's a very individual example that... The, out of three injuries in a team, the two of them are your no, two course, players in the one position. Like that almost and the other never happens. In the same area of the park. Yes, exactly. That's it's it's a very oh, rare thing. So hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're back, baby. Come on. Yeah, but apart from the subs, which we'll come on to, and Taylor Moore being in a position that is kind of necessity. Yeah. I don't think you can't... And people will get on at us, right? People will be like, you just defend Nielsen. I can safely say Adam does not just defend Nielsen. But if even Adam... (laughs) If even Adam is saying, you can't really blame Robbie for that, the players' attitudes just... Not even... I don't even know if it was attitudes. Just like, as you say, concentration levels and intensity levels just seem to fall off a cliff. Just individual errors. It's as though everything out in the park that could have gone wrong, did go wrong. Um, Look, the the warning sign for me was, I think it's about three minutes into the second half, where Dundee have a free kick and they take it quickly. Charlie Adam just rolls it along the ground and Zach Rudden is on the right-hand side in acres of space, uh, but it's a a tame effort into the gloves of Gordon. And from there on in, that should have really been the wake-up call to the back line, I think, because uh, Dundee equalise after... 51 minutes. So again, this is the frustration where, okay, we've been pegged back, that's fine, this happens, we've still got, you know, the best part of 40 minutes to go and find a winner or a couple goals to send us clear. Um, Cammy Kerr intercepts as Barry Mackay looks to slide forward. Again, these things happen. He finds Danny Mullen who passes out to Paul McMullen on the right-hand side. The two link up, Mullen is fed down the right, looks to chip inside uh, to, the, to the Hearts box before it clips off Toby Civic, hits off the underside of the bar and past Gordon in a flash, somehow one each and Dundee are level and it just felt from there on in that they were dragging us down to their level because that was pathetic. 
it's really unlucky for Sibic. He does what you have to do. Yeah. He has to make contact on that because if he doesn't and it ends up at the feet of a Dundee a, like player, people would be going ballistic at Sibic, yeah. going, why have you not put a foot across? So I'm not really going to criticise that goal as much. I think Haring gets turned a bit too easily, but... Oh, it's, this isn't the goal for criticism. Definitely, yeah, that's it's just, not. That's it's just, just kind of like okay, that that happens. If again, nine times out of ten, that hits Civic and hits the post, goes out. Gordon catches it. It goes a mile wide. Like it is the it one the bar, time lands on the top. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the one time that it actually <laughs> manages to ping in off the bar and go in. But yeah, the next goal. There is big criticism that can be given to one man in particular. But, in saying this, like we've been pegged back, but I actually thought we looked to try and regain the lead fairly quickly. Um, Taylor Moore and Peter Haring are exchanging passes before John Souter sends a wicked ball into Barry Mackay. Um, and he just sort of reverses with his right foot, finds Ella Sims in a great area, similar to the one that he opened the scoring in. Um, but this time... It's a decent save from Ian Lawler again, and oh, look, I, it's just it's just annoying because I thought it was going to be a carbon copy of that opening goal, McIver, and it's not. Yeah, yeah. I thought what this week has proven, if it's proven anything, is that we really, really need to play John Suter every week because speaking there about like creativity and like. How Barry Mackay is the only one who's creative. Suter has shown in the last couple of games where he does that thing that he does about four or five times a game, where he picks the ball up on the right hand side of the fence and just, just goes breaks out. Oh fuck this! Nobody else yeah. is moving. I'm just takes, gonna run forward. Takes matters into his own feet. Yeah. He? Oh, what a we need that. Footballer. We need that so crucially. I probably noticed it more in the second game than in yes, this game. To be honest, definitely. But that was it was great, and I do think it is just a good save from Waller. I think Sims does kind of everything right, and it's nice from Barry Mackay. But it's just like for God's sake, it's another instant. I feel like there's been about seven games this season where keepers have had worldies against us, and then you watch them in the next few weeks, and they're terrible. Oh, even even my man Lawler in the cup against Peter Head. I mean, we're gonna come to that. Let's just, um, <laughs> but again. All through Barry Mackay. Yeah. And uh, like another chance, Peter Haring sends a long ball forward. Sims flicks on from Mackay out wide, rushes into the box, looks to centre, being the unselfish player that he is. Um, <laughs> but Liam Fontaine diverts it goalwards and eventually Dundee clear. Liam Boyce had a deflected effort saved. He had Kingsley centering for Boyce, who leaps like a salmon, but ultimately finishes like Connor Salmon because he heads well over into the Gorgie stand. Um, and Barry Mackay smashes one wide in what would be his final contribution. I need to pull this up right here, right now, because the substitutions annoyed me. Oh, coincidentally, I've just fired up live score. Uh, St Johnston are 1 0 up at Pataudry. No, they're not! Courtesy of Callum Hendry in the second minute, so that's great. Oh, of course, this happens! Them on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, mate, I was, I was getting up the subs there. So, Andy Halliday off, Josh Janelli on, 65 minutes. Okay? Jesus Christ. 75 minutes. Barry Mackay off. Ben Woodburn on. Ben 
Woodburn. We made headlines last week after our talk about Ben Woodburn. We did. In terms of that seemed to be the main thing people took from the episode. That everybody just get a focused on our apparent no I don't know how to politely put it. Hatred. Not, I was going to say we're not massive fans. No, it's hatred. <laughs> Do you know what, what it is? I was thinking about this today. Since he was given the number nine shirt, that was it. That number nine shirt, as far as I'm concerned, is cursed. Yeah. But who was the last decent number nine that we had? Can somebody tell me? Was Kevin was Kyle? So, was so number nine at any point? No. Nah. Lafferty? Was Lafferty number nine? <laughs> I was Z so. Fuke, wasn't he? No, I want to say it's Lafferty, but prior to that, it was probably Kevin Kyle. It's been the best part yeah. of a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was and Washington. Then, oh, Connor Washington as well. Yeah, great. And then to compound <laughs> my misery further, great. Benny Beningame hooked after 80 minutes for Gary Mackay Stephen. My right. goodness now, gracious. Listen, me. I get it. I get it. People accuse me of bias. And I'm not above bias on this show. Right? I will happily be biased to people I like and biased against people I don't like. Because everybody is. Everybody's biased to people even if they pretend they're not. But no one can now argue that Cami Devlin... The, the solution is not drop Cami Devlin. Right? Because that game was crying out for Cami Devlin. We needed somebody. he just run on the middle of the park and go, right, fuck this. I'm regularly winning the ball back. When Benny came off, it should have been for Devlin, not GMS. Now, I'm actually going to I think Cammy Devlin would contribute more going forward than Gary McKay Stephen. Well, this is the, this is what I was about to say. Genuinely. I'm actually I'm not going to be as critical of GMS as I would have been if we recorded this before the Livingston game. I was going to say, but that's only because of the weekends. Yes. You, know, you, you were praising his performance, which I don't get. I thought he was well, we'll, we'll get to that. But... On Wednesday night against Dundee, he was fucking abysmal. Gino, I want to give Gino a pass out of the three. Not a pass generally, but out of the three, he was definitely the player that impacted the game. He still didn't do anything, but he at least touched the ball. Hold on a second. Impacted the game but didn't do anything. I can remember a shocking effort of his from way yeah, out just before that, Dundee. That's impacted the game. <laughs> just before Dundee get their winner. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah, that's it. That's what I meant by impacted. He at least did a memorable thing. Niall McGinn is crocked. He set up the <laughs> winner for Dundee and contributed more than the three numpties that we brought on in that game. I will did, not hear any difference. Did Ben Woodburn touch the ball? When is Ben Woodburn going to perform? The fact that he is on £10,000 a week makes me sick to my stomach. Is that what he's on? Allegedly at Liverpool. Jesus, wet and, and I don't man. want to know how how much of that hearts are paying. Let's not. I mean, seriously, he is oh, just the most infuriating player I think I've come across. I don't. I can't remember a bigger shite bag to play for Hearts than Ben Woodburn. Just don't look interested at all. Yeah, he's, it for me it is his attitude. He seems like. And listen, it just lazes around, mate. It doesn't even, it doesn't even press, doesn't do anything. This is, just seems like I'm going to have a weekly hatred for Ben Woodburn. My Tuesday is just going to become a hate Woodburn day. But honest to God, I watch him score the, the winner pair through the weekend now. I know, <laughs> now I'm I saying know. all this. Yeah, but he makes me sick know. to my stomach. We don't know what's happening in his personal life. I, I maybe 
I don't know if he doesn't care, but all that happens is, is I watch him go out in that park every week now, and he never looks like he cares. No. And that, at least what you can say about GMS and Gino is that they don't, they, they at least look arsed. It's not they might for the not one be to try any it. good. Yeah, they're just rubbish. <laughs> like, but Woodburn doesn't look like he even tries, which is the, he is the anti Cami Devlin. <laughs> Devlin even is having a bad game he's and he's like, playing poorly he still will run about he'll do everything he can he's he'll like really Satchel without the talent yes yes that's it that's who he is and R- Rudy got away with it because he could ping one you know top magic. banjo yeah <laughs> <laughs> when's Ben Woodburn going to do that he did it against Dundee United mate nine years ago <laughs> that feels like nine years <laughs> yeah, ago no. Let's talk about the winner because well, I want let's to talk about on, Taylor Moore specifically. I, I want to move on to the Livingston game before you know yeah. I realise that we spent a lot of time on this Dundee defeat and far too much time in comparison to the game because it was rubbish. But Max Anderson, first of all, absolutely acres of space. John Souter looks to be the only defender that wants to go and tackle. Tackles well, albeit sends it into a wide area. Niall McGinn, who I mentioned, came off the bench for Dundee. Um, centres for Danny Mullen who has got a fantastic goal scoring record specifically against us I feel like he only scores against us I know Um, diverts home Taylor Moore is absolutely he's snoozing at the back stick I don't know what he's doing he's watching it he's watching the goals at Ibrox he's watching this again play the game (laughs) honestly Pressure on the ball. That's the first thing you're told. Go to the ball. But no. He watches Nigel McGinn pick his spot. Danny Mullen just runs past him. He can't believe his luck. And he slots home. Brilliant. Albeit off the bar again. Fantastic. Just the idea that you have to tell a professional footballer to play the game. Go to the ball! (laughs) It's the same with Jordan Roberts. What was that shout last season that you'd said that you'd heard Robbie say? Oh like, yeah, Jordan, um, you need to run. Yeah, Jordan, you need to run. <laughs> Are they not actually that brain dead that nothing registers that they need to do something in order I to I forgot perform? about that. That was Aloha away. That stuck with me. I can't yeah. erase that from my memory. This is exactly the same. I'm going to think about that goal morning, noon and night. I just don't I even understand. <laughs> 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 Why Why have Dundee's points come against us? We've given them four points at Tynecastle this season. That is tragic. Yeah. I just love that. Just out of no, just like all the 43 minutes that we've had came out in that one scene into there. I hate Dundee. We, we have given Dundee near enough a fifth of their points God. across the season in Gorgie alone. God. What a sobering realisation. They'd only won once away from home prior to that game. That's their second away win. <laughs> and they've picked up a grand total of eight points. This Half is their the points on the road have come at Tynecastle. Maybe you can't be annoyed. Maybe you just have to laugh at it. Because it's so <laughs> ridiculous. You just have to go, get what, fuck it. Oh Fine. my god. <laughs> And then this nothing else happened for the rest of the game. No, that was it. it. Was <laughs> that was literally it. We tried to respond and didn't. Yeah. Great. Still 10 points clear, though. 
murder. Absolute murder. That was all she wrote. Rubbish. But that being said, let's just move on to the second game now because I, yeah. I thought I thought the, the midweek match was eye bleeding. This took eye bleeding to a new level. Scottish Cup, round of sixteen. Yes, the draw Come we wanted. On. Livingston at home. Let's go around the grounds before we crack on. Um elsewhere in the round of sixteen in the Scottish Cup. Saturday the twelfth of February. I want to get your thoughts on this. Motherwell 2, Aberdeen 1, despite the Dons taking the lead after, I believe it was three minutes, uh, through Christian Ramirez, a game which has ultimately cost Stephen Glass his job. I, uh, look, we're, we're going to touch on the ties here now. Anyway, who, who do you think will get the Aberdeen job? Who would you like to see get the Aberdeen job? Uh, I actually think it's one and the same for both answers. I think and would like Jack Ross to get it. Because they'll be rubbish. I think, might, I think you might be right. So fingers crossed. Yeah, um, I think there's who's this. However, though, I've seen in the last day Charlie Nicholas has been like, "Get Ollie in." What is Charlie Nicholas smoking? <laughs> I woke I up this know. morning and saw him touting Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, and I was thinking, "Am I still asleep? Is yeah. this like a weird but, paradox in my dream, or what's going on here?" Then they're linked with this. Is it Norwegian manager? Haven't the foggiest. Not Ollie. I, I saw somebody claim today, I can't remember who it was, that Aberdeen should look overseas for the managers. It might have been Willie Miller. I feel like it was Willie Miller now. I and don't that know. they just shouldn't just look in Scotland. I noticed Derek Adams has been sacked by Bradford yeah. and has moved to within joint favourites. So it's really I hope not it's the, I'd like it if it's Derek Adams as well. Like Yeah. Derek Adams or Jack Dross will do me. I either yeah. of those I'm I'm happy with. Um, Whoever that Norwegian manager is is really good, so I hope it isn't him. And I don't want Jim Goodwin to get it either. Apparently he's been ruled out. Yeah, I see that St Mirren have just said absolutely no chance you're getting it. It's reportedly a quarter of a million compensation. compensation. Yeah. Interesting. Let's see what happens up at yeah. uh, up at Pataudry. But, of course, elsewhere in the Cup, um, Dundee United edged past Championship side Partick Thistle at Fur Hill. Great goal from Ian Harks. Um, St Mirren... Ended Kelty Hearts Scottish Cup fairy tale with a 4 0 win in Paisley. More on them to come. Um, and an Athletics dream was also ended by Rangers 3 um, 0. Uh, in the last game, the late kickoff on the Saturday. Sunday, there was two ties. Our broth took the lead against Hibernian, but ultimately fell to a 3 1 defeat at Gayfield. Uh, Craig White and I thought the ghosts. We're going to, you know, come back out and haunt the high bees, but sadly it was not to be. Had that on at work actually, um, so that was great. Fired up the laptop and thought, you know what, I'll just have it on in the background. And then, as soon as our both took the lead, department silent. I'm up giving it, yes, come on. But of course, it was to no avail. Um, and Celtic cruised past Wraith Rovers with a four 0 scoreline. Uh, and the final tie was on Valentine's Day. Um, love was in the air up at Peterhead but the Blue Toon were defeated 3-0 by Dundee what did you make of the Saturday, Sunday and Monday ties in Scotland's greatest cup competition MacIver? so on the way back uh, from the Livingston game I actually heard Stephen Glass's interview and he said a thing that when I heard it I went oh he's getting sacked because really? he was asked, I can't remember who the interviewer was, but it was, how do you feel the fan reaction was? Was it Richard Gordon, I think, on Sports? It Center may have been. This, I can't remember. Saturday, I think. He said, Stephen Glass, he was like, what do you make of the fan reception? It's obviously very harsh. 
in terms of they're no, but they're no loving you right now, Stephen. And he says, I fully understand it now. In fairness, we've not won this trophy in over thirty years, so and it's like you don't say that after you've been knocked out in the round of sixteen as Aberdeen, you don't go, well, we've not won it in thirty years, so is it really that bad? Particularly also when you're culpable for elimination in the League Cup at the hands of Championship side Wraith Rovers, having fielded a supposed weaker team. And then lost. Yeah, definitely. And you could look at the cup competitions and say, do you know what? Sometimes you get that little bit of leeway if you reach the latter stages or go on to win them. Eliminations and not reaching a cup quarterfinal to, with all due respect, Wraith Rovers and then Motherwell is not a good look. But yeah, you absolutely love to see it. I mean, everybody told Aberdeen they don't know how lucky they are. Yeah, it was never going to work. And now look at them. So, you know what? Inject that content into my veins. You'll love to see it. Stephen Glass is never going to work. It's been proven it. Um, Dundee United Park Thistle, if you just looked at it, it looked like it was taking place in 1914. What is that for a pitch? That is a disgrace. (laughs) No, I know that they're ground sharing with obviously Queen's Park and whatever playing their games at the minute, but that is no, that is shocking. Yeah, it's very. What are the Queen's Park groundsmen doing? Get them to work on it. (laughs) Yeah, true. Exactly. Round robin. Come on. Yeah. Um, Get it right up your Kelly heart. So St Mirren <laughs> won that. Ha 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 ha. Why, why, why the hatred towards Kelly Hart? Because because at my local team are Gala and Kelly Hart just did just broke the Lowland oh, League by okay. paying guys uh, yeah. several thousand of pounds to play, and then we're like, we've actually deserved this. This is actually on merit. It's like, is it right? So, oh, so this is where your hatred for Barry Ferguson also arises yeah, as well. In, yeah, in apparently he's a good manager. Fun. Apparently he's a good manager just ask, because he took fucking Kelly Hearts. Ask our <sighs> athletic fans. They're obviously all, also on the lookout for a new manager. Would Stephen Glass take that job? Would Jack Ross? Maybe <laughs> Jack a, Ross, a, go a back. Reunion back to our <laughs> Exactly. What's Neil Lennon up to? Get him on the blower. Aye, we'll take either of those it. gigs. Um, and then obviously our game that will come to you. I watched all Hebs are broth. I just do not get what people are saying about Rocky Bashuri. He's rubbish. He's terrible. I'm just <laughs> so bad. Another. Everybody seems to be sacking managers. Queen of the South are another one. Queen of the South and obviously Johnson. Yeah, Magic Johnston's away. Yeah. And Big Sandy Clark. Very oh, sad. Very but sad. They look as though they're going to get relegated there, hopeless. Yeah. But yeah, talking about hopeless, Rocky Bashiri, you are spot on. Pish. I just don't get it. He's no. just awful. Uh, I fully, fully rate Hibs fans going, Kevin Nisbet scored against our broth like he did against Cove. He's back. It's like, right, okay, sound. Take your word for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wraith are denied a stonewall penalty against Celtic. I have no idea how it's avoided. And then, Celtic have given the most mental penalty where fucking Thompson just goes, I'm just going to boot random folk. I don't need to see who it is. I'll just I believe it was Sean person. Mackey that should have been booked and then it was Ross Matthews that did get booked. Yeah, and if Sean Mackey had been correctly booked, he should have been sent off because he was already on a booking. Fantastic. <laughs> Great officiating. Know. That reminded me, I was receiving messages about it, that reminded me of um, the Kieran Gibbs and yeah, the Arsenal Oxlade game. Chamberlain yeah. mistaken identity were, yeah. is it Oxlade Chamberlain handballs, but Kieran Gibbs is the one but that gets Kieran sent Gibbs off. Kieran Gibbs gets sent off, yeah. Crazy. And then there was an equally baffling penalty decision up at Peterhead. The, with most, the most stonewall <laughs> penalty I have ever seen at nil one hauls the blue tune back in the tie if it's given and they score. Yeah. 
and the officials just aren't interested. It was, you I, literally, I, for people who haven't I was seen out on my Valentine's night, but then I saw loads of tweets about it, and then subsequently saw it this morning. How that is not given is a disgrace. For people who haven't seen it, Lawler and Goals fumbles the ball from a pass back, again. and just kind of, yeah, and again, and just kind of spears the Dundee, <laughs> uh, the Peterhead striker, and just goes, nah, it's fine, I've got it, play on. And then in our game that we'll speak about, there was two mental penalty choices that we didn't get. What has been happening? Uh, let's. Uh, the Livingston game was awful. Like I've got I Nick fucking to hate no Nick notes. Walsh. I hate Nick Walsh. Nick Walsh is the worst referee so in this much. country. He's the worst referee around. in this country. Yeah. Like, like no one's close. Bobby Madden. They're all isn't bad. Close. But he's... Kevin Clancy isn't close. Don Robertson isn't close. Close. The the Nick Walsh is on an island of his own making. When it comes to being the worst ref by far. I'm just going to talk about changes and then I'm going to hand over to you for the Livingston game. Because I feel like you've got a lot to vent. So again, three changes that Robbie made um, from the Dundee defeat ahead of Saturday's match. Andy Halliday, Alex Cochran and Cammy Devlin returning to the team. Taking the places of Taylor Moore, Peter Hanning and Liam Boyce. Hearts going... One up top, really, sort of a three-four-three. That's sole striker, um, as opposed to the three-five-two that we've been crying out for. Uh, Craig Gordon in goal, back three of Kingsley, Civic, Sutar, uh, Cochrane, and Smith as wing backs with Beningame and Devlin uh, in the middle of the park, uh, and Barry Mackay and Andy Halliday supporting Ellis Sims in attack. So, I don't think it was the three-four-three. Right. I think it was a 5-3-1-1. At home to Livingston. Because I don't think Halliday was out wide. I think he was one of the three in the middle. I think he was playing centre mid. And that's the first thing I want to speak about. I want to speak about that. Why, if we're playing Andy Halliday in the middle of the park, is Peter Haring not starting? Peter Haring is our best midfielder, right? I'm saying this right now. Don't get it. He's our best one, Right. It is unbelievable. If you're playing with a two, Aaron McInniff's another that must be thinking. Yes. What like what? what Finley Pollock's there as well. Yeah. Finley Pollock's on the bench. So you can What's add him to the, the the. I think we're going to start like an outcasts club where Aaron McInniff, Josh Janelli, Ben Woodburn, Gary Mackay, Stephen all must be wondering what have I got to do to earn a place in this team when there's guys in my position. Or square pegs being played in round holes ahead of me in my position that are earning chances and I'm not. Now, second point I want to say. And that, apparently I'm not allowed to do this. According to Twitter this week, I'm not allowed to do this. I'm Go not on. allowed to criticise Benny Beningamy. That's apparently something I'm not allowed to do. Think very right? carefully. My this Congolese is the thing. King. I'm really getting frustrated with him. <laughs> because... He was alright in the Dundee game. But we was lost. he though? Was he? Was he alright? Look, I think I think anything that we were conjuring up was through he and Barry Mackay. But again, I think I I think what actually happened was he was playing a five yard pass to Barry Mackay, and Barry Mackay was then running twenty five yards on his own day and shit. I think that's very harsh. There was a couple link ups where my man Benny's obviously too fierce to shoot. So instead, just gives it to Barry McKay. That's, that's goes, what it is. Goes, it's you're not, the most creative player. On you go. This ain't my like, game. It's not, oh, this is a great opportunity. It's, oh, I don't know what to do, Barry, take it. Inside, they're like, I don't know, there's like an inner Benny just screaming. The angel and the devil are like presenting themselves on his shoulders. 
you're a great passer of the ball, Benny. Oh, but don't don't have a public goal, whatever you do. <laughs> do it, don't. <laughs> right. I think Benny Malingamy, I've said it before, is one of the best players I've ever seen at heart winning the ball back. Right? Unbelievable. I, I genuinely him. can't think of anybody better in my life. Because other players were good at it, but their strengths were elsewhere. I feel like if we played a three in the middle with Benny just in like the Busquets role, just sat in front of the back three or four and just cleaning up everything and doing little passes. Now, what I said on Twitter was that it annoys me that Benny never passes forward. 99% of his passes are either sideways or backwards. People then took that as meaning I'm wanting him to start spraying 40-yard passes or like playing Barry Mackay-style penetrating passes. That is not what I mean at all. That is not his role. That's not his game. He can't do that. What I don't want is just for 120 minutes against Livingston is him just going, oh, I've got the ball now. I'll just turn around. Sibic, here you go. Suter, here you go. How many backwards passes did Benny and several others play? This is the thing. Uh, And don't get me wrong, keep possession by all means. But at least look like we're going to penetrate yeah, with I it, could, and we did for the best part of two hours. And I was just sat there. I brought my missus, and she's probably thinking, "What on earth have I done to deserve this?" My old man forked out a ticket, and literally, that's where that quote arose. Why on earth do you fork out for this shite every single week? Like, I will say this: recycle possession by all means, but Jesus wept. However, I didn't understand. I didn't understand... I never understand people booing, right? I never get that. I don't do that. It's your own prerogative. I just think it's a bit weird. I definitely... You've paid your dough. Yeah. (laughs) I do you. I I personally disagree, but fine. But I definitely disagree booing at half-time. I didn't understand that. She didn't get that either. She's Canadian, so they're just like... They're too nice. And just like, yeah, enthusiastic. I was like, I'll take you to the cesspit. And we're yeah. in the family section and there's a kid in front of us going, way constantly. Yeah. Love that. This is the thing. I'm saying all this and I was frustrated by so many people in the living game. But at the same time, I was going, I don't care how we play as long as we win. Because in cup competitions, the performance means fuck all. I've seen too many times across the years us playing really well and then get knocked out. I've seen us play dreadfully and get through. And in that twenty. 20- in that 2012 run, we needed to go to replays against both St Johnston and St Mirren. We barely beat Talbot. Yeah, oh, exactly. We were lucky against Talbot. Yeah, our, we needed a. It was like, either our was, goal shouldn't have stood or they had a goal no, wrongfully chopped both, off, didn't they? Yeah. Both. Yeah, yeah. And their keeper and defender collided with a head knock, and Gordon Smith just went, LOL, I'm just going to score. And again, the 2012 semi, like, we could say that Gary Hooper was offside, but Craig Beatty, is it really a pen? Yes, maybe. <laughs> but that's I'll the thing. Say so. I'm being critical here of certain aspects. I think Benny is great. I love Benny. He just annoys me that he ne- because there was about four times in this game where he did pass forward and every one of them was great. And it's like Benny, just even do that half the time. Even if half the time you fancy going backwards, other half just do that. As you say, there's literally nothing to speak about in terms of the game except for. In both halves of extra time, we should have had a penalty. Yeah. But but the frustration is, 
that it went to extra time, I guess, because possession for possession's sake, I'll pass it to you, you pass it to me, we'll pass around the back three, kid on like we're Barca, maybe a couple passes in the midfield if we're feeling a little bit more ambitious, try and carve something out, oh no, it hasn't happened, but let's just recycle possession and we'll pass it along the back and in midfield and elsewhere. I actually thought Livy were quite unlucky in the first half, I think Bruce Anderson had a couple of chances. Um, but pretty tame efforts if we're being honest yeah, I like right. Anderson as a player but I don't think you can really depend on him for I don't know double figure goals no. beyond that um, but like from a Hearts perspective considering how rank the Dundee performance was the fact that we're not on a great run I think it's one win in four league games now and this was you know the cup a totally different competition a great chance to secure our passage to the last eight. Ultimately, we have, but I, I just thought it'd be a lot more convincing, a, you know, a professional performance. And I guess that was the case in, in the previous round with Talbot. That was a potential banana skin, and we overcame that with a, a thoroughly dominant display and professional performance, like I say, but it, it was anything but that. Well, it was awful. Was it? I would say it was professional in terms of we totally dominated the game. And we will have to admit, we're making the point there that Bruce Anson missed a couple of chances, which he did. But Strychek made a couple of great saves against us. He did. He did. As well. Which, and that was the thing, watching the highlights back, I was actually like, oh, we had more chances than I remember us having. There was like Sims chances as well. recently with, with kind of, I, I don't know whether you'd call it like an optical illusion. They seem to paint a false picture when I'm at the game. With a, whoever's like composing these highlights packages, I slated them last season. They're doing a fantastic job because they make yeah. us look like a competent football team. So that's the thing. I think I don't think Livy like Dundee was much worse than Livy. Yes, I don't think I would agree with that. Like, but Livy, equally, I think Livy will feel more unlucky that they didn't take anything. Like Dundee were somewhat lucky. I feel as though Livy were pretty unlucky, to be honest. I don't they, think they, they would. They executed their game plan, really. They knew that if they could nullify Hearts' threat, then they might get a chance or two, albeit on another day they might argue that Bruce Anderson could take one. And you know I hate Livingston. I'm not going to give them any praise, but they were somewhat unlucky, I felt, because we were I awful. I, I don't think we were awful. I think we weren't good in front of goal. But Terrible. we absolutely dominated that game. Now, part of it is obviously because... And we also need to put, take this into consideration. Livy played that game for penalties. Livy came That's into this mean. game going, they, we want they, penalties. They got, they got what they wanted out of it. So it's hard to go, well, I'm more, I'm more frustrated with the Dundee display because it felt like we did enough to win the game. I'm yeah. not convinced that was the case against Livingston, if I'm honest. I think, we'd, I think it's a bit of both where it's like, we should have done more in the final third, but at the same time, they regularly, whenever we had the ball, had 11 men behind the ball. And I say and that, that their best that. chances fell in the first half and again it yeah. was to Anderson and they didn't take them. So. Martindale said that, he was like, I'm not going to uh, sit here and pretend that we played them off the park. And he was like, they were very dominant, but he's like, I think we could have taken our chances better. But you can say that about any that, team I ever. I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. a fair reflection of the game. But look progressed on penalties that's all that matters do you want to talk about the shootout I, I, yeah because they were I, all I can remember Obelai from... missing oh no. and I say this the only the only chance that we were really lucky with was when they hit the inside of the post in the second half and remarkably it somehow stayed out oh yeah the deflection again 
that was like nothing I've ever seen. I was baffled. And we were sat in the Gorgie, literally behind the goal, just looking dead ahead. And my jaw just dropped in sheer disbelief that they hadn't somehow taken the lead. The penalties were good. And I want to particularly shout out to two people. Haring's penalty was great. Haring's Uh penalty was so good. And Sims scored a really Good. important penalty. Good. Because I'm not going to pretend that our number nine took a penalty. I, I didn't I celebrate. I was adamant like he was going to miss. Went, uh, yeah. As soon as I saw him step up, I was like, oh my God. She's like, "What? what's the matter? I'm like, he's going to miss. Uh, I'm fully convinced he's going to miss. I, I didn't celebrate. I just turned and went, right, come on, Gordon. That's all I did after the weapon scored. But Should have booed Sims him. is... Sims's penalty is really important because it's the penalty after Oberlein misses, so it's the penalty to get us ahead. And yeah, they were they were all great penalties. Gordon was the hero, obviously, with two great saves. I didn't actually realise he saved Oberlein's penalty until you watch it back, and he gets the tiniest of fingertips. No, Oberlein's was the very last, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Who am I talking about? The who, first one. Who was the, fir- who was the first one that missed? I can't even mind that. Sorry, that on. one. Two seconds. Um. Livy, I thought Livy just hit the post for their first miss penalty, but you actually watch it back. Gordon gets the slightest of touches on it. Now I don't know if it's already hitting the post anyway, but still gets it was touching Christian it and... Montano. That yes, Montano's. So Sims takes the penalty after Montano's, and it's huge. It's a really like that's the most crucial penalty, and he looked calm as anything. So that was great. And this is the thing I'm being critical there of like certain people. I I just watched. I do just want to quickly mention, I thought Gary McKay came on and did very well. Gary McKay Stephen. I thought he was very good when he came on. Because I actually thought he did stuff and he never does anything. And I was like, oh, he's actually put five crosses in. They've come to nothing, but he's actually done something. I, I couldn't believe we actually made all our substitutes as well. That was nice. Yeah, yeah that's another aspect. Um, How did but... Finlay Pollock not get on instead of Woodburn? I don't understand. Let's just let's just not speak about him. I, I hate him so much. We're through, and that's all I give yeah. a shit about. Yeah. Uh, again, if you'd offered us the the chance to be in the last eight at quarter to five, come Saturday afternoon, we just we just signed up. Well, we won the in the Albeit, we won the in the last eight. We had to wait a five. little bit later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised after I said that, I was like, "You fanny." So yeah, we had to, we had to wait a little bit later. However. We are in the last eight. Um, shall we touch on the draw? What, what did you yeah. make of the draw? If, if I go through the ties, Hart Midlothian, of course, will host St Mirren at Tynecastle. Dundee take on Rangers at Dens Park. Celtic also travel to Dundee as they take on United at Tannadice. And Motherwell host Hibernian at Fur Park. <sighs> Come on, Hearts and Motherwell. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, come on, both the Dundee clubs. Jesus. And the Dundee like, clubs. Yeah. Never did I ever think that I'd be cheering on the Dundee clubs, but here we are. Um, listen, it's almost the best draw you can ask for for us. The fact that we what, get to the quarters. What would have been better? Bear in mind, we've just lost to Dundee at Tynecastle. Dundee And have contributed a heck home. of a lot of their, half their away points so far this season. Dundee United at home. Nice. Nice, that 5-2 win just played yes, over and the 2-0 exactly. win at Tannadice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're like loving it. it against them this season. Um, yeah. We'll but, just get beat up there in the, in, I know. Well, I say the final meeting, the third. Oh, quickly, before we, before we touch on um, the cup, delighted that we never have to play Dundee this season again. Hope you enjoy the championship next season. Thanks. Oh, God, I forgot about that, actually. Thank God that's finished. 
And hopefully, this Saturday against St Johnston will be the last time we meet them this season as well. Yeah. Pricks. And particularly because it's at McDermott. Yeah. Rank seats. Christ. Sorry, yeah, cut. Chuffed with that. <laughs> chuffed with that. The fact that we've got to the quarters and avoided both the old firm and Hibs is obviously a bonus. Stay away from Hamden. Come on! But this is the thing. This is the thing. First round, we beat Talbot. Second round, we don't beat the team after 90 minutes. Third round, we get St Mirren. We've got a 22 year old Australian right back in the side. <laughs> it is happening! It's happening, lads. Potential to meet Celtic in the semi and Hibs in the final. Yeah, exactly. It's. Ha- I mean, I hope that isn't the case. I hope we get Dundee United in the next round and then Dundee in the final, so we can beat them properly at Hampton. Oh, I don't want Dundee reaching the final. I'd take United. No. A Hearts United final would be quite nice. That would be great. That would be amazing. Not Dundee. That's just got yeah bad bad vibes all over it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. The the perfect draw, and look. I'm hoping that we can find the perfect remedy to put an end to our horrid recent run when we travel to Perth. Um, obviously, a trip to Paisley the the following week. Perth and Paisley. Hey. You can probably guess what Perth. next week's title is yeah. going to be called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but how are we feeling about this St Johnston game? I, I'm I'm going to check. Last I checked, it was half time. And it was 1-0 to the Saints at Pataudry, like I say, through that Callum Hendry goal. Yep, six minutes. That is quite funny as well. Callum Hendry on loan at Aberdeen last season was absolutely oh, rank yeah. rotten. And there it is. I was doing the um, obviously my preview for that game. I've got one each as my prediction. So if Aberdeen grab an equaliser, I'm laughing. Three goals in the last five meetings. What, like... Wow. Two, three of those games have ended 0-0. And the others have been one nil. This wow. this game needs put out the top flight. St Johnston need put it put out the top flight. I don't want to ever have to travel to McDermott Park as a Hearts fan again. Rubbish stadium, as I've said on this podcast before, just merely a few weeks ago. Go go back and check out the episode if you haven't already. But our record in Perth is rank. You mentioned the twenty twelve Cup win there. That was the last time we won in Perth. Yep. After extra time. Yeah, we've not won the league since 2010. 2010? How old were you in 2010? 13? Yeah, 13, I And I was 12. I turned 24 this year. That's half my life ago. We've been without a win in Perth against these Muppets. Sort it out, Hearts. This is the chance. Because if they go down, I don't want to add several other years onto that blooming fixture. Come on. I'm going to win, though. We're no, we're not. What's your score prediction? What's your team prediction? Are we going to change uh, up the shape? What's going to happen? I would play this. Oh, quick thing, and it's on this. Thank fuck Michael Smith's back. Oh, he was notably better. Correct. <laughs> notably Hallelujah. Better. So, I would play Gordon and Goals, Smith and Cochrane wing-backs, Kingsley, Sibick, Suter, Devlin, Haring, Mackay Sims Boyce Ooh Benny getting dropped Yeah Not I wouldn't be bothered About Benny Playing At all I just think Haring came on And settled us down Both games You say that And that Appears like it's a 3-5-2 That'll end up being A 3-4-3 And Liam Boyce Will be out on the wing Won't he I know Yeah I'm saying that uh, That has to be A 3-5-2 Barry Mackay in the 10 
with Sims and Boyce up front. If it's See? not, and you need it to be a three-four-three, three, I would drop Boyce and play GMS wide left. I was going to say exactly that. I'm surprised that you're dropping GMS after. Well, I say dropping. I'm surprised you're not giving GMS not a start, run out. Yeah. Given, yeah, given you thought they impressed against Levy. Would, would you change up the shape then? No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. By the way, the reason, the reason. Do you remember earlier on in the season when it was great selection headaches, and now it's back to shite selection headaches. The reason I'm dropping Benny is because I don't think Benny and Devlin work as a two away from home, and I'd rather Devlin. Big Pedro's got to play away from home. Actually, no. I'm changing it. Haring and Mac and F in the middle. Wow. Get some creativity. Play McInef in his actual position and see what he can do. Then, wow. if he's not doing well, bring on either Devlin or Benny, depending on what you need. If you need more energy, bring on Devlin. If you want to settle it down, bring on Benny. And if we're... Dare I say it. And if, if we're, we're 5-0 up, bring on Pollock. If we're, if we're under the cosh, then Benny's the, the sub in that circumstance. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, something like that. Okay. And then we'll get beat 2-0. Oh, that that then rules out what I was going to ask you for my score prediction. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be as optimistic as I can. I'm going to say, bear in mind they're winning tonight, one each. Of course, yeah, of course they are winning tonight. Of course they turn into some form of form when we're about to travel. Watch it be a, a repeat of our performance in Perth earlier on in the season where we absolutely batter them, drop two points. And I come on here next week raging at the fact that we've not beaten St Johnston, that they're absolute jobbies, and they're currently occupying the relegation playoff place. If St Jobby take another couple points off us, I'm going to be livid. Don't let this happen, Hearts. We've waited far too long for a win in Perth against those pricks. Make sure that you put an end to that. It was about time we regained some confidence. We've got some big fixtures coming up. Come on. Well then, if you want to hear how angry Adam will get next week inevitably, please do come back. But thank you for listening to us get angry about the other games this week. It's been wholesome content, baby. Exactly. As only this football club can provide. Love you, hearts. So, a massive thank you to everyone who has listened this week. We have been Perth to Paisley. You can get us on all the socials at Perth to Paisley. We've also got an email, perthtopaisley at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed it, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. It massively helps us with algorithms and stuff like that. If you're watching it on YouTube and you can see us getting annoyed, please leave a like, subscribe, comment. I've been getting a lot of abuse in the comments for not wearing hearts tops and I'm not going to bow to peer pressure it's maintaining this Adam's you're your own man I like person. that I rate exactly. that Adam where can they get you to provide you with peer pressure on all the socials and they can fire me abuse on all forms of social media at Adam T Kendall mate and what about yourself I'm at dmciver22 we'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from being up in Perth the last time this season and all the other stuff but until then we'll see you next time bye bye Keep the faith, Modern Giant Team!